And my goal is to really just help others meet their goals in life, professionally and just meeting their academic goals. So today we're going to talk to Vice President of Instruction, Dr. Michael Beck. We're going to speak to Dr. Beck about several issues, including accreditation, new programs, and several initiatives here at the college. So you've been here now for basically one entire semester. Yep. Time-wise. It's a very roundabout question, but so what do you think of ACC in the time that you've been here? First, thanks for, for having me, and I'm glad to be here with you. And so far, ACC is a, is a great place. It's a wonderful place to work. It's a wonderful place to be. Uh, we've got some of the best faculty in, in the state and the country to work with and staff as well. And so far, you know, I feel right at home. Still got a lot to learn. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from others. But I've also feel like I've had an opportunity to, to lead in a lot of uh, situations as well. And uh, we're currently working on a lot of major initiatives that are going to benefit students and promote student success. But yeah, as of right now, things are going uh, great. Definitely glad that my family and I made the transition to Texas. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to, to be here and to continue to uh, great things with, with others here at Alvin Community College. What's your path to ACC? Where, where, shortly, kind of like where were you before and... Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, as I continue to have these conversations, it reminds me of how old I am and how long I've been in the, in education. So I started off in teaching, um, middle school, English language arts, history, and kind of progressed, taught a little bit of high school. Then I became a professor at community college teaching history and transitioned into a dean position. And and all of those positions were in North Carolina. Then I stepped into an AVP role in South Carolina in the Spartanburg area, and then transitioned to Louisiana at the, in the Baton Rouge area as mm-hmm. a, as a uh, vice chancellor of academic affairs. And then COVID hit, we made a transition back to, to North Carolina, served as a senior dean over liberal arts. Um, and now um, I'm here serving as the vice president of instruction. So really to summarize, I've worked in K-12, I've worked in, in community college now for for a, an extended period of time, and, and I've loved every every job I've ever had, every position I've ever served in. I've really enjoyed it, and, you know, I've, I've, I've loved working with, with middle school students. They kind of keep you young, right, mm-hmm. and uh, entertaining. Well, they, they can age you, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, sometimes I miss that classroom, but, but again, I feel like I've made the right transition into administration. That's really where my passion is, helping others, serving others really trying to implement change, really from a, I guess, a systems perspective, kind of having a broad impact on the campus, right, or in this particular case at the college and and really impacting a large number of students. Again, setting up programs, policies, procedures, uh, working with others to promote student success, to support faculty and staff. And my goal is to really just help others meet their goals in life professionally and just meeting their academic goals. So, that's kind of what my focus is, but love education. I come from a family where you either went into education and became a teacher, or you went into healthcare and became a nurse. And I chose well, you found a perfect home at ACC. Then, yeah, I, I chose education. And you know, the funny thing is, I've, I think I've shared this story with a few others here. But I remember going into register for my undergrad courses and spoke with my advisor, and who happened to be a music professor. 
And she said, what's your major? And I said, music. That's what I want to do. She said, do you play the piano? And I said, no. She said, do you sing? I said, no. She said, well, you do not need to be a music major. So I said, well, how about, what about history? So that got me on the path of earning my bachelor's in history, then going through a a teacher certification program. So that's really what got me into the field. But it took me a while to figure it out. And I always considered nursing as well. And again, I don't mean to kind of go go down (laughs) A side road here, but long story short, just kind of the, the paths and the stars align, so to speak, and, and here I am. So tell me a little bit about the position. I mean, I know what the position is, but you kind of explain just kind of briefly what what does the vice president of instruction do? Yeah, so the vice president of instruction here at ACC, I believe this, there, uh, there's a lot to this rule. You can look at the job description, and we've got you know the bullet right. points of this, 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 and this, but when you kind of break it down, a lot of it focuses on working with faculty, addressing faculty needs, making sure work that I work with deans to make sure the scheduling's in place. We also look at topics such as building new programs, and we look at curriculum development, program changes, course changes, adding new courses, building new courses, uh, serving in the community as an ambassador, building partnerships, looking for opportunities to, to not only expand, also going out to the community, building community partnerships, start working with other institutions to build agreements, what we call articulation agreements or MOUs, memorandums of understanding uh, to create seamless pathways for students who are on the transfer side of the house. But yeah, there's a lot of that goes into it. But I would say if I had to sum it up quickly, we look at building programs, we look at supporting students, we look at building uh, and establishing partnerships. There's a lot of components of the job that really consist of reviewing a lot of paperwork, Mm -hmm. uh, signing paperwork. It comes down to looking at, you know, travel and professional development. And, you know, I work closely with with every academic division here at the college. So we're serving a diverse group of students and we have a lot of needs that have to be addressed each and every day, each and every semester. So finding ways to help students, work with student services, work with other divisions here at the college to just to continue to to grow and expand, remain relevant. This position is, let's put it this way, we have a lot of faculty, hundreds of faculty members. So there's there's a lot of areas to cover, but really what, what this role does is work with others to ensure that we're offering quality instruction, to ensure we're offering quality programs. And again, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that's not really so glamorous, so to speak, but it's, you know, it, it, it's necessary and needed. You know, accreditation is one thing that a lot of the public doesn't really understand it, but it's also one of those things that, it, you know, like, kind of like what you said, it's, it's the less glamorous task, but man, it's one of the most important, I think, on campus, which is one of the reasons kind of why I wanted to talk to you is why is it so important and wh- what does it take to maintain it? So, John, I agree. I mean, accreditation is one of the most important things we, we have to focus on here at the college. And what it involves is regional bodies such as SACCOC, who um, oversees colleges and universities throughout the southern portion of the United States. We work with local and regional accrediting bodies who look at specific programs. And, and basically what that means is that we have our peers come into our institution, review our programs, review how we operate as a college and make sure that what we're doing is is appropriate, make sure we're offering quality programs to students and making sure that we're basically meeting the needs of our uh, community. So it's basically like, to sum it up, it's quality assurance, right? Our peers are coming in and basically saying, you're doing a great job, you're not doing a great job. These are some areas that you're doing, that you're really 
thriving in. These are areas that you need to improve in. And fortunately, our college recently went through our... I was about to say, we had our seventh, I think, not too long ago. We are in a good place right now. We were uh, we received a reaffirmation, right, from SAC COC, uh, I think it was, what, a year ago? That was before I got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, roughly. So we're in a really good place there. But yeah, I mean, it's something that never stops. We're constantly going through that process of being reviewed. And, and again, whether that's at the program level or it's at the college level. Right. I was say in each program, they have their own agencies that do their own accreditation. I think the nursing program mm-hmm. yeah. just completed their process with KHAB. That's right. Yeah, nursing. Most of our health science or our health science programs definitely have accrediting bodies that we have to report to <laughs> and check in with to ensure. On a, uh, in addition to the main accreditation process. That is correct. So it's, it's and very, like, I like how you said it's a very ongoing yeah, well, maintaining this. Yeah, and I see the cycle as like, it's really like a will, right? So um, you, you start looking into the process, you review your programs, you collect artifacts, you collect data, you look at those artifacts and data, and then you find ways to improve, right? It's a continuous cycle, so it just never ends. I've been in education, like I said, for, oh gosh, I don't even know, for a while now. And it just, it, it's always something that's there, right? Mm-hmm. That needs to be addressed, it that has over. to be addressed. Right. <laughs> but without it, you know. I, I was going to say, if we don't have accreditation, that's <laughs> yeah, if we don't have something accre- that would hurt just everybody on campus more, well, you have especially to, the students. Yeah, and it's not just ACC. I think it's every college and university across the, across the country, right? If there's not a system of checks and balances that really make sure that we're, we're in line with, with best practices and standards, we could, you, there's not really a way to determine if we're offering quality programs and quality service to students, right? And so, and students, I know if, you know, if they go to a college, it loses accreditation, they can't transfer those credits to another school because. Yeah. I mean, if that, and that's one thing I always mention to students, especially students, when I was a faculty member, especially, and I was having those early conversations and advising students. I mean, like, if you are transferring from ACC to another college, I'm like, make sure they're accredited, right? Because if you go to a college that does not have accreditation or has lost that, there's a good chance when you graduate that you may not be able to transfer those hours toward a graduate degree or your employer may not accept those hours. It's basically like the gold seal, the gold standard, especially when you have regional accreditation from SAC certification, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely necessary and something that that we have to be mindful of but i'm always quick to to share with the students that if if schools are not accredited by certain well, bodies I bet you do now as vice president because it's, it's, it's your <laughs> one of your main responsibilities yeah like hey this is really important it is and yeah i mean we just um got back from the sac coc annual conference this week which was in atlanta georgia and and every time we go i go you know usually annually you learn a lot you learn something new things are always changing standards are always they're always raising the bar so to speak to ensure we're continuously improving we have acc staff members who participate in these reviews at other colleges as well i mean it's really kind of a kind of almost a governance by committee in a way you're kind of being held responsible by people that also work in your field so yeah that's sure uh, that's that's true and that's the beauty of of the process is that yeah not only are folks coming and reviewing our institution but we have the opportunity to give back and serve as peer reviewers as well we've got quite a few folks here a handful at least that i know of that have been on site visits on site off-site visits reviewing other colleges and you're able to glean best practices when you go on those site visits right and mm-hmm. say maybe say hey that's a good idea maybe we should implement that here Hey, that's not working so well. This institution, let's try to stay away from that. So you kind of see the good, the bad, and the ugly 
and try to glean the best practices and bring it back home. You were talking earlier about these new initiatives on campus, and I know we've implemented a lot of new programs as well. What are some of these initiatives that y'all have kind of launched? And you've only been here in a short time, so I would imagine (laughs) it's rough to try to take on these new initiatives you know, kind of just coming in. So yeah. So uh, one of the one of the projects uh, we're working on right now is looking at um, transitioning um, the majority of our classes over a couple over a two year period into an eight week format. We've got data. We've got mentoring colleges across the state of Texas that we've been working with, and based on their stories and based on the data, we see that colleges that are transitioning to a majority of eight week formats are seeing higher success rates, higher completion rates lower withdrawal rate. So we're working on transitioning a large majority of our courses um, between now and the fall of 2024 into an eight-week format. Right, and the majority right now are 16 weeks. The, yeah, the full majority. Sem- what would they call a full semester class, more or less? Yeah, yeah. I would say the majority are 16-week right now. And But it's interesting. When you look at eight weeks, let's say, for example, a student takes five classes at one time in a 16-week format. In eight weeks, you might take three in one eight-week term, two in another eight-week term. So basically, you're taking fewer classes at any given time, right? Classes are shorter in length, so there's less time for life events to occur, right? Mm-hmm. So we the goal is to reduce that the length of the class times, to reduce the number of events that could occur. That So there's some science behind this initiative. We plan on definitely working with faculty and staff in the spring semester to locate areas that we'd like to uh, develop more eight-week courses. And again, we plan on implementing more by fall of 23, and then hopefully we'll have our full plan in place by fall of 24. We just implemented an engineering program. Students kind of, they they ask these questions all the time. Well, do you have this program? Do you think you'll ever have this type of program? So walk us generally through kind of how a program starts and to the point where students can start enrolling, because I know it, it can be like a two or three year process. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and, and I'll give you a, a prime example. We're actually, another initiative we're working on is developing a four-year degree program. So we just, so typically what happens is before we can offer a program, there's a lot of conversations that have to take place. So we work with community partners, we work with advisory boards, we review employment data, we listen to our community partners across a spectrum of businesses. It just, so basically we gather a lot of feedback. Uh, We listen to our students and really try to find out where there's a need. And then we look at, like I said, job placement data, we look at trends in the economy to see where the demand's growing uh, or where there's needs. And, and then once we kind of identify that need, we have to work internally. We usually form committees to establish kind of a, a timeline, which is where we're at now with this four-year degree program we're working on. We're planning on offering a four-year BAS in business administration. And to give you an idea, um, if everything goes as planned, that program will not be implemented until fall of 2025. So there are a lot. We have to work with the Higher Education Coordinating Board. We have to work with SAC COC to get approval. We have to develop the curriculum. We have to acquire. We have funding to support any equipment or additional supplies we might need. We have to hire faculty. So you have to evaluate faculty and make sure they have. The- yeah. So it's. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of steps you have to take. A lot of them is uh, a lot of the steps involve working with other in, uh, agencies and entities to get approval, and then. And once we go through that life cycle, it's more internal, building the program from inside, again, addressing faculty needs, building the curriculum, making sure that we market this new pro- the new programs, 
and, and getting the word out. And students will be able to earn that right here at Alvin Community College. So you're, for, for this particular program, you're looking at about a uh, two and a half, three year cycle. And it really just depends on the program. Sometimes it can be, a, 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 it, maybe it doesn't take quite as long for certain programs, but for this four year program that we're planning to offer, it will take, um, it'll take some, some time. It has its own accreditation challenges as well. It's not yeah, the we have same to as do. implementing a associate degree program. You know. Yeah, we're going to have to submit like a, a level change, um, right? New, submit for a new program, level change, because we'll be offering not only associate's degrees, but also a bachelor's degree. Uh, moving forward. So a lot, a lot of work, a lot of hours, but uh, again, it's a lot of fun um, working with some very bright individuals who are guiding the process. And yeah, we're really excited. We can't wait for, for uh, that program to be in place, but uh, now is when we it's do It's a all journey. The, more. Yeah, it's a journey. This is when we do the heavy lifting. But we just formally submitted the notification to the coordinating to board pursue to pursue it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to close out with this. Moving down here from, from North Carolina, what, what just in your life, what were some changes you kind of had to make to adjust? Yeah, so, I, I mean... I, and what, I know that's not a foreign country, but... It's not, <laughs> It's not. A, yeah, right. When we got here in, I think we actually moved here in end of July. When we got here in July and early August, it was, man, it was hot and very <laughs> humid. So the folks here are very friendly the culture is very similar right so there's there's not a lot of culture shock so to speak <laughs> so, but but yeah the weather is something that i'm going to i asked some folks who who work here who have lived in texas all their lives and i said when do you get used to this weather uh, and uh, they're like never i'll tell you when we get there yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm hoping that maybe around january 1st it'll get down to the 70s Maybe, <laughs> um, maybe, but yeah, it's uh, but man, we love it here. It, it's really a great place. Uh, again, the the food's great. The the people are, are so so delightful, um, and that's not just here at ACC, but also in the community. And couldn't ask for a better place to be. All right, hey, well, thanks for coming to talk to me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, John, appreciate your time, man. Thank you for listening. To read about these stories and more visit alvincollege.edu.